Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Daily Objective. And you may have heard Jordan Peterson is under fire. Apparently, this has been a problem he's been dealing with for several years now with the, uh, the what are they called, the College of Psychologists, some type of official bureaucracy or an official board in Canada that decides basically who has a license to practice psychology, practice therapy, whatever Jordan Peterson's job is as a psychologist, could uh, he could lose the legal ability to practice. Um, so he's been dealing with this stress for several years now, basically for as long as he's been speaking publicly, speaking out against what uh, can be said to be uh, censorship. In some cases, it is uh, government censorship. Other cases, maybe just he's speaking out against um, pressure to recognize, you know, transgender people or transsexual people. Uh, various tweets that he's posted over the years are being used against him by this Canadian board and uh, statements he's made outside of Twitter as well. And obviously, this is going to uh, raise a lot of interesting questions. Go ahead, leave a like on YouTube and start to super chat your thoughts and comments. Now, we're hoping Mark Pellegrino can join us, but um, I don't know, perhaps he's uh, trapped in Canada himself. I guess we'll find out if he makes it. So first and foremost, this is a government, a government entity that is threatening or is contemplating revoking Peterson's license. And that is wrong. And that is the world we live in, unfortunately. So we have similar, a similar situation in the United States and really everywhere else, as far as I know. But let's look at the United States in particular, because free speech is explicit in America's law. But the right to run your business is not, unfortunately, in the law. It should be your inalienable right to run your business how you see fit, you know, as long as you don't violate anybody else's rights. But unfortunately, the way it is in America is that uh, you could lose your ability to run a business of any kind if you are considered to be, you know, hateful, racist, transphobic, whatever it is. You could be said to be violating, you know, the Civil Rights Act or civil rights laws or anti-hate laws in some way. And at, at that point, the government basically tells you, oh, you have the you have free speech all day. Say whatever you want. But we will not, you know, allow you to run a business, basically. So this this doesn't need to only this doesn't only apply to big business. It can be, you know, on Main Street, let's say on Main Street. Uh, you're, you know, the famous example, you're a baker, you let's say you you are opposed uh, to gay marriage, and you you elect not to sell a cake, not to bake a cake for two men that are getting married, uh, because of, you know, your religious beliefs or whatever it is, the law then might very well tell you, well, you are now in violation of civil rights, you know, laws that apply to the workplace. And you may not do that. You can be as anti-gay as you want in your thoughts and in your speech outside of this business. But if you're going to run a business, then that's all of our concerns as a community, in effect, is what the government would tell you. Um, I know the, the uh, gay cake uh, story, it was controversial for a while. I don't even remember what the verdict was, but the fact that this baker's right to discriminate was called into question tells you what the law is. And it's been this way since the Civil Rights Act. Um, now, there was a lot, a lot of racism in America by private businesses, especially in the South, in the Southern states. And people thought the best solution to that would be to have laws against that, against 
you know, discrimination based on race. Uh, unfortunately, uh, that's not compatible with liberty. So the correct way to address racism would have been to say no more government discrimination, but private citizens and private businesses may discriminate to their heart's content and the rest of us can boycott them. We can put them out of business with our work, with our speech and, and expose them for who, for who they are. Um, so in America, someone like Jordan Peterson could very well be facing a similar problem. Uh, even though, of course, he has the right to free speech, he could be told, no, your speech uh, disqualifies you from having this license. And even if it weren't the government doing it, let's say it was just a private board. Let's say we lived in capitalist, laissez-faire capitalist uh, America, you know, that we don't we haven't known yet. But let's say we had we were living there. Even so, someone like Peterson or anyone else could be facing the uh the revocation, the revocation of his license. Now he does. Now he won't legally need a license to practice, but his reputation would take a big hit if he lost his license. Let's say, you know. So in this, in a free, in a free capitalist society, I imagine there would be like you would still need to have a medical license in order for anyone to trust you. But if you choose to bypass going to med school and getting a medical license, then you can just say, "Hey, hey guys, I'm a doctor." And I have no credibility whatsoever, and I have no documents, no diploma whatsoever, but I, I'm a doctor if anybody wants to be my patient. And then somebody can come be your patient. They can sign a waiver saying they understand you have no credibility, no qualifications whatsoever, and they can, you know, take that risk, I suppose. Um, but yeah, you, you might still face pressure from a, a board similar to this college of psychologists in Canada, you might face a, an equivalent in the private sector in a completely free economy. However, you know, that would be a free economy and it would not be the force of the gun or it would not be the government telling you, you may not practice psychology after we revoke your license, which is exactly the way it is now. Um, so again, so a number of aspects to this. Again, first and foremost, it's wrong that the government is in charge of this. The government should not be in charge of saying you may practice this and you may not practice this unless you're violating anybody's rights. It's not the government's place to tell you how and when to run your own business. Uh, so all of that should be privatized. You know, the uh, medical board, the legal, the bar, whatever it is, the bar association. All of these things should be all completely in the private sector, and they will function by having a reputation. They would they would function. Uh, people would trust them because of their reputation. So a lot of pressure would be on these private entities to get it right and not to give a not to recognize a medical license of a quack doctor. Um, but it would be all it would all be in the private sector. That's one aspect of it. Um, and the fact that we don't have that. Um, causes all types of impediments to people's free speech, not only in Canada, but in America and else and pretty much everywhere else as well. Um, so like in America, another example of uh, free speech being violated was, as I recall, there was a rock group called the Slants and all of them in the guys in the band, they were of Asian descent. And as kind of like a joke, they named their band the Slants, I guess, referring to the slanty eyes that, you know, Asian people are said to have. Um, and the copyright or the trademark office or some some government entity wouldn't grant them the trademark. 
would not recognize their application, would not accept their application to trademark the name The Slants because it, it was considered racist. So this is obviously a huge violation of their right to free speech. And you and someone might answer, no, 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 no. They have the right to free speech. They have the right to call themselves The Slants, but they may not, but they're not entitled to have this trademark recognized, right? So because the government, uh, you know, the government is here among other things, these people would say, the government is here among other things also to um, kind of uphold civil rights and to prevent discrimination in the workplace and discrimination, racism in the economy, stuff like that. So uh, you could see the problem when you appoint the government to, you know, fight racism and to fight discrimination, you end up violating people's actual rights, actual right to speak and actual right to conduct a business as they wish. Uh, so all of these things should be privatized. Um, or if the government is to be in charge of, let's say, trademarking for some reason, let's say, let's say legal philosophers, even in a capitalist society, they say, no, the government should still be in charge of trademarking, let's say, then the government should not have an opinion on the trademarks. It should just be, you want a trademark? Take a look. No one else has this trademark yet. Here you go. It's your trademark. That's the way it ought to be. And I think there may have been a similar uh, thing that happened with the Redskins, the Washington Redskins, the team, did they also lose their trademark because of the government or was that just social pressure? I don't recall, but I mean, this is this is a serious problem. Social pressure is enough is bad enough. I mean, it can be stressful enough on a person or on a business. But when the government is now taking away your intellectual property, in, in effect, that is a serious problem. OK, so Jordan Peterson, because of things he said about transgenderism, whatever it is, whether you like what he said or not, he is facing government reprimanding. The government are contemplating telling him you may not be a licensed psychologist anymore because your words and your advocacy are so hateful or just anti X, Y, and Z. We don't, we don't uh, recognize your license anymore or we're revoking your license. Uh, thank you, Marilyn, for the two ninety nine in the super chat. Um, so yeah, that's what's going on. Uh, Jordan Peterson. Um, now the types of the same types of people who would say, "Oh, you have free speech, but not no right, no necess you don't necessarily have the right to conduct your business as you wish." Those same people, they might point out, "Well, what is Jordan? What is Jordan Peterson stressed about? He's still going to be a multi multi millionaire as a speaker, as a book writer, as a podcaster, all of that stuff." But uh, those of us who take rights seriously understand that is no argument at all. Just because someone has a very lucrative career in one in one respect, in one uh, field, doesn't mean that their license in another field can be revoked by the government the way that the Canadian government is threatening to do or that they're considering doing. Uh, it's It's very unfortunate that this is going on. It would be wonderful if someone like Jordan Peterson uh, where had the sort of uh, philosophical approach that I've voiced here today. If jo someone like Jordan Peterson said the Canadian board should be privatized. I'm not, I don't know if he said that. I've heard him say, this is a government appointed group of people that none of us voted for. That's what he said. These are people we did not vote for. So what if we, what if we quote unquote, which means the majority of citizens, what if the majority of voters had voted for this board of bureaucrats? to be in charge of your license, Peterson. Would it then be okay for them to revoke your license based on your opinions, based on your ideas? 
legally, would that be okay with you? So I think uh, he's missing the mark a little bit. And that's, but unfortunately, what we get a lot from the reactionary ride is them pointing out, we did not elect these guys. We did not elect the Canadian College Board people. We did not elect Fauci. We did not elect the CDC. We did not, who cares if you elected them or not? The government has a particular purpose to protect your rights. To the extent that the government is going extra, the, to the extent the government is going beyond that scope, they're violating people's rights and they're violating the rule of law, no matter who voted for who, whether these particular individuals in the government were elected or not. And some things should not be up to vote, right? All right. Uh, so that's kind of what's going on. I think we basically covered it all. I think if Mark Pellegrino were here, maybe we'd get into a, a bit of a spat. A spat is the word? A bit of a back and forth. I suppose he might say, you know, let me try to invoke uh, my best Pellegrino. He would talk about, I think, how this is like the political class and, you know, and, th and this is thought policing and stuff like that. And I would probably be playing more of a prudent role saying like, well, first of all, this could still be happening in the private sector. And also we need to remind people that we got into this mess by the government overstepping the role of protecting individual rights. So there you go. You just got the uh, my projection of how the exchange might go. And, I, you know, Mark and I obviously agree um, philosophically, um, but that that's that ten, that's is sometimes the type of um, exchange we have where he emphasizes the corruption right now. And I would point out what well, we only got into this because of the mixed economy. And he would say, yes, I agree with that. And we all kind of smile and nod and have a bonding moment. All right. Uh, that's really all I can think of really saying at this point. Again, we got into this mess by the government overstepping its proper role of protecting the rights of the individual. Um, the government interfering in people's property rights and in their right to conduct their business, which is their property that ends up violating actual inalienable rights like the right to speak um, and the right to run your business. So the, the government saying we're going to go out there and prevent racism or discrimination or hate in the workplace or in the economy. In doing so, they end up violating actual property rights and the right to speak. Uh, and and on top of that, to make things even more dire, I'll say even if we get to a laissez-faire capitalist society, these problems may still persist in some way. It's not going to be nearly as evil as it is now when the government's doing it, but you could still have pressure. Maybe in another uh, dimension, you know, if we were living under capitalism, someone like Peterson could be facing dis getting disbarred, so to speak, losing his psychology license for being a Christian, you know, or for advocating religion to the extent he is. And we can have, you know, a 10 episode series on what exactly is he av advocating, you know, Allah or vis-a-vis -vis religion. Anyway, let's say we were living in a capitalist society and there is the most prominent psychology entity, uh, psychology board. And they would say, because Dr. Peterson advocates for religion, we consider him irrational. He is not a qualified psychologist. He is spreading a bad philosophy for his patients. And we are not calling him a doctor anymore. Let's say they said that. Um Peterson's response might then be, oh, this is the thought police. See, they come after us. They want everyone to just fall in line in this dystopian vision. of, And uh, we'd be kind of dealing with similar 
argumentation and conflict in the culture. So it's not only capitalism that we need, it's a widespread philosophy of reason. I would like to see us get to a place where nobody takes religion seriously because they don't take, you know, fairies and gargoyles seriously, uh, where people take reality seriously, where uh, people are, you know, rationally selfish and there is widespread respect for objectivity and for a rational philosophy. Guitar Channel says about Peterson, he'd get kicked out of the dominant psychological professional association, and then the only patients he'd get would be his fans. Yeah, I mean, we have to kind of suspend our disbelief to even contemplate a, like, we're suddenly in a laissez-faire capitalist society, but Jordan Peterson is still this prominent figure. I don't, I mean, if he were, he'd probably have a different philosophy than he currently has. So there's a lot... Uh, this analogy or this projection is a little bit wanting. All right. Uh, good talk. Thank you all for being here today. Coming up today is uh, we've got at 7 p.m. UK time. It's the Briefly Objective premiere with Harry Binswanger on why are we friends with dictators? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and a good video, I expect. So uh, subscribe to the Briefly Objective if you are not. It's like a sister channel and link in the chat room and in the, the, the description. Then at 9 p.m. UK time, it's HBTV with Harry Binswanger and special guest Gene Maroney on new directions in understanding the mind. So you see, we got it. We got something for everyone. Dictatorship. Why is America friends with dictators? Exciting uh, political, geopolitical stuff but also the personal realm, new directions in understanding the mind. Got something for everyone. All right. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, see you back here tomorrow for the Daily Objective. Leave a like, leave a super thanks to support the only network or one of the only networks bringing you uh, this very, very nuanced and sadly unpopular opinion. Uh, and goodbye.